Hey, welcome to episode four of Lyrics for Lunch. Today we'll be, we will be discussing the song Ants by Tank and the Bangers. So this song was produced by Jack Splash and it was written by Tank and the Bangers themselves. This song also comes from their album Green Balloon, which was actually released earlier this year. Um, the way the song is set up, I feel that it's better for us to just dive right in and then at the end we'll kind of give our summary of what we think the song was. So we can start off with that intro, so I'll pass the mic over to Trey. Um, Alright, so in this song, the first thing I want to... It starts off asking, where do the ants go? Empty holes to fill, you know? And I just want to touch on that. Like, it's empty holes to fill, you know, small and obscure, wander the world. What I got from this is like, when... You think, where do the ants go? You think about, like, the little ant farm or whatever. And you look at them, and they move through the ant farm like they really have somewhere to go. And then it brings you to question, like, what are they seeing? Like, how does it look from their view? Yeah, from their perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, too. Um, like, that part of the song, I feel like it's important to know also of course, the title of the song itself is Ants, but throughout the song, like, you know, I feel that the chorus is always that theme that ties everything together. So they do keep on mentioning Ants, which I think is something just good to keep in mind. And I feel like the idea of what the Ants are or what they represent becomes clearer the further you go into the song. And then after that, at the first time she said, where do the Ants go? The second time she goes, where did my ants go? So as we move further throughout the song, what I gauge is that the ants are kind of representative of the people who's been in her life, like who's been in her life. Yeah, that's definitely a very good um, insight into that. I definitely feel the same way. Um, Especially how two lines later she goes, a million faces say hi. Yes, that's true too. And that's all still in the intro too. So it's interesting that it's in the intro because it's giving you that introduction of this is what it's all going to kind of come back to. So keep an eye out for this. That's how I took it. And then she also, Tank also goes into like, she gives you imagery on a date where it's like carrying fish plates on first dates finger waves and hard hairstyles so she's giving you this picture of like someone sitting at a table waiting for their food to arrive with their little different hairstyles and in just a few more lines she mentions high school sweetheart at the gas station wonder who he's dating now so from that what I got is he he left her her life so where did that ant go? And now she's seeing him again, and she's thinking like, okay, well, what is he up to now? Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, the rest of that part kind of felt to me like very just a lot of imagery and a lot of pictures and a lot of like those feelings that you get just when you start reminiscing about your past, like when you were in high school or in junior high and having those crushes and being super worried about, do I look okay? Are they going to like me? And then 
something that I feel that most people go through after they leave high school those friendships and those things that you made in high school they kind of dissipate in a way they kind of melt away they go away and they transform and your life changes and that's definitely her relation to that relationship kind of we were high school sweethearts where we were crazy about each other but now we don't even know we don't even keep in contact we don't even talk I see him in other people's faces or in other people's movements but I don't know what he's doing now so I feel like that's a very interesting way to start the song because in a way it's personal to her but at the same time I feel that it's a general enough message where other people even if you haven't gone through it you may feel like understand the feeling that she's trying to portray even though I'm not her with the finger waves and sitting waiting for fish at a date I can still relate to that whole idea and the feeling of wondering where people are just in general from any type of relationship I totally agree that's a very intricate way to look at it yeah <laughs> sometimes I overthink <laughs> um, and then moving forward wait or, go ahead. are you leaving ver that part not yet. Go ahead. Okay, so continue. I, I just have no. one last thing for go that ahead. part. You go. No, it's okay. Go ahead. All right. Because it's probably the same thing. Is it the part where she says, damn it, I'm late for rehearsal now? Yeah. So what did you take from that? Because I want to hear your outlook first. I have nothing on that. Oh, it's I the just, part afterwards. Yeah. Okay, cool. So in that part, what I liked about it is, to me, it kind of represents the idea of getting lost in the past. So she started off talking about high school sweethearts and dates and where is he now? I wonder if he if he also is thinking about me. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm late to rehearsal. And it's just that representation of how it's so easy for you to get lost in the past. Either lost reminiscing about the past or there's some people that are literally stuck in the past and they won't move on what their lives were like in high school or they won't move on what their lives were like in college and I feel like we know some people like that you know just everyone knows some people like that to be honest you know one person who high school was so great that they can't move on from that greatness I just wanted to throw out there the line Erica told me I'll see you in the next lifetime I just wanted to throw it out there okay <laughs> why when I heard that it made me think of Erica Badu same but I just couldn't think of like the song or what reference she's trying to make. But I know she gave a shout out to Erica Badu, so I was like, hey. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. That's cool, that's cool. So then verse one starts. And in verse one, when you get here, the beat kind of changes a little bit. It kind of quickens up a little bit. Um, it loses a little bit of that haziness that it had in the intro. Um, which is important to note. She starts off by saying double dutch and free lunch, which not a lot of people know what or can relate to like just double dutch in itself. Not a lot of people have done double dutch in or whatever. But for me, that, that paints a picture easily. It tells me pretty much where she's coming from because double dutch and free lunch that's 
kind of like when you're going to school as an inner city kid, that kind of represents the young female in a sense. Yes. When I heard those lines, I thought of like elementary school, childhood, recess, um, summertime, out with your friends in the park, like all those ideas. And then, and then the part that I really liked too. So this part, I had some confusion because I looked at the lyrics on one website. I went on Genius. But there were some parts of the lyrics that I didn't completely agree with just for this song. Because some of it, when you play the song and you hear it, it sounds a little bit different. So there's a part where it says, because like Kimmy, they say I'm talking pretty. I think it's I'm dark and pretty. I agree. Um, That's what it sounds like on the song. Yeah. And then Confident Secure, like like Whitley. Yeah, down to earth like Freddie. Down to ride no Billy. Which... The Billy I'm a little questionable about, but that's cool. But that whole section to me was a whole um, tip of the hat to a different world. And I really loved it because, one, I love a different world. That show is amazing. I totally like watched the whole thing from first to last season. Also, what I felt that was really, really important was the fact that She's talking about herself as a young child and she's using black characters as role models, which I feel like is so strong because especially growing up in the U.S., just growing up, you don't see many people or main characters that are like you don't see a lot of main characters that are people of color. So. When you want to relate to someone, they don't have, you know, your same hair or your same skin tone or your same issues or, you know, your same household. So I feel the fact that not only does she use strong female characters to relate to, but they were also, you know, college women, black women, strong women. And I feel like she also used positive aspects about those characters and I say that specifically because of Whitley I feel like Whitley in a different world especially in season one she has a bad rap Whitley is not the type of person that anybody likes but the fact that she says confident and secure like Whitley I feel like is strong because it plays into that where she's using these different female characters as empowerment instead of trying to break them down or trying to see them in a certain kind of way. So I absolutely love that. Um, Just all of those visuals of being dark and pretty, confident, secure, down to earth, like those are all things that were great characteristics of those characters and I loved it. Clearly I love that part. (laughs) I definitely did not know that. I did not see that shit's talking about a different world, but now that actually kind of makes sense. I was considering that if the lyrics confident as a D like Willie was correct, that she was giving a nod to Willie D. But I think that your explanation is a lot more spot on. Yeah, I would have thought that the D like Willie would have been something else, but the fact that she brought up Kimmy and she brought up Freddie, um, 
like Freddy's known as one of the characters on a different world to be like super chill and relaxed and kind of like a flower child of like you know acceptance and wanting to change the world and do better and Kimmy's like that kind of strong personality and Whitley too Whitley is the type of person that you can't tell her nothing she always sees herself as top so that's definitely what I saw and then after that she does bring it back to a more general standard where maybe not as much people know about a different world but a lot of people know what it's like to be at home with Kool-Aid packs and Disney yes even this relates nowadays too with Disney Plus because now you can be still at home with Kool-Aid and Disney Plus watching all the old stuff that you used to watch like I do sometimes. <laughs> Minus the Kool-Aid. Minus the Kool-Aid. Maybe some hot cocoa instead. And then I can kind of relate with her when she says never had a pair of Jordans, don't want none. Granted, I've had my pair of Jordans or whatever, but... Jordan's as a sneaker. She she says right after that, my jump shot don't need sneakers more costly than I can afford them, and that's why I can agree with it. Because as you grow older, you realize sneakers are not as important as they seem when you're younger. So spending all of that money on a pair of Jordans, essentially, is not doing much for you. And like she said, it's not going to do much for your jump shot. Yep, that's definitely true. Money cannot buy a jump shot, no matter how much you may want that. Also, um, I feel that it brings up that whole idea, too, of the older you get, and when you start making your own money, you realize it's not as easy to buy into all of those brand name this and all that kind of stuff. So, that's also another thought of mine. And then she also gives a nod over to Home Alone. Yes, she does. And I also liked how she tied the Home Alone to, from there, she took that to um, go into the I need more space than stars can give me and more sky than God provides me um, and TV so I won't get lonely, which is funny because in Home Alone, the whole movie, the way that the that Macaulay Culkin is basically able to like ward off all these people is by keeping his TV on. That's how he gets pizza. That's how he gets rid of the burglars a few times before, you know, they come back and realize he's actually home alone. So I found that kind of funny, too, because he was alone, but he had TV. And she's kind of saying that she wants the same thing. And I also feel that it's something that's relatable. Or she's saying that that's, that was her past. Like home that's alone true. with the TV, her news and her Rice Krispie treats. Which, sometimes your parents are busy and it happens. That's true, too. That actually makes more sense, I feel, because the song seems to be going through her childhood, in a sense. And then, in the chorus, um, she goes back to the ants. Where do the ants go? Why do they run away? And then, it's funny because she says, Leave me alone now. And then why can't I make you stay? Which is kind of contradictory. Because she wants to be left alone, but she also doesn't want the person to leave. So it's like wanting space, but not wanting to be alone. If that makes sense. 
is very contradictory. Very much so. But, I mean, I could kind of understand that idea of, you know, maybe you need, like, some you time for, like, five minutes. And then... <laughs> and then you can... And then you'd like to go back to, you know, the person that you're with and be like, okay, now I'm ready to be in company again. So it's like you want to be alone, but you don't want to be left alone. But I like the chorus. I like the chorus because I feel like I connect to that a lot. I can sometimes be like very in my head and I'm not always the best at sharing things. So I definitely sometimes just need alone time to just kind of figure out my thoughts on my own. And then when I'm done, I'm just like, okay, now I want people again. Where the heck did they all go? And we can move on to verse two. The chorus is very short. It's just those four lines. Yeah. Um, So verse two. I'll let you tackle most of that because I really only have like one point on it that I want to speak of. Um, I only have like two. What do you want to talk about? It's more towards the end. Okay. So one of the things that I that stood out to me, I was trying to break this one down and it was a little harder, but at one point she says more cake for me. So it's towards the beginning of the song where it's like, oh, you know, towards like... Towards the beginning of the verse. Oh, yeah. Wow. Towards the beginning of verse two. And she's basically talking about, oh, you know, I'm in school or I'm in class. There's people that don't like me, but it's fine. Like, I have reruns of Martin waiting on me. More cake for me, cake for me. And I feel like that part, it sounds of, like, more cake in the sense of not having people to share it with. It's kind of like when you try to offer somebody something and you're like, oh, do you want a piece of, you know, want a slice of an apple? And they're like, nah, I don't want. And you're like, okay, more apple for me, I guess. And I feel like it's that same idea of, you know, kind of being younger or like not having many friends or many people that you can share things with. So just showing that solitude in a sense of, all right, more cake for me, I guess. You know, I'm just going to watch my show reruns of the same, you know, episodes that I've been seen, that I've been watched and eat some cake. Definitely did not think about that, but that's. I did not break that cake for me down like that, but it works. <laughs> um, I got from the beginning of that verse, a girl that be talking about me in third period, oh, well, the beat was still made for me. I think that that's like showcasing that maybe she's had some people that are jealous of her, like as she prosper in her chosen art. But um, moving forward from that, I think, the part after the cake for me, cake for me is kind of like, and this ties into the intro too, where she said, Erica said, I'll see you in the next lifetime. I feel like she's personalizing her relationships with celebrities because yeah. she says, Amy scared me, Ashley make me jealous, and Sherilyn, my best friend. Then she said, Brian, my boyfriend. Gay as his father. But his love letters be sweeter than snowballs in the east. Oh my gosh, you know who that makes me think of now? Brian McKnight. That's exactly who I thought about. 
Wow, I did not even see that when I was trying to break down the song. And I'm trying to understand who these weird four people are. I'm like, who is this? Who calls people by just their first name? I got Brian McKnight vibes from that. And then the fact that it goes on to say love letter sweeter sweeter than, you know, snowball in the east. All wrapped up in one love letter. Warm sweater in December. That definitely makes sense. But that's the only point I really wanted to touch on, verse two. Yeah, that's a good one. And then what I got from that last part, like just in general, is kind of like giving this feeling of wanting to feel comforted and wanting to be um, kind of like wrapped up to be, you know, warm and loved and cared for. And now thinking about it, I feel like that kind of goes with the beginning of the verse where at the beginning of verse two, it's, she's talking about being rejected by girls her age or girls in school. So she's going home and she's by herself. She doesn't have anyone to share things with. And all she really has is TV. So with TV comes all these celebrities, you know, it comes reruns of Martin. It comes all these singers or people or kind of stuff. So maybe she's talking about, oh, Brian McKnight, but he's not, you know, he's my boyfriend, quote unquote. But he's not. But his love letters, because he write, he says love songs are sweeter than, you know, this at the other thing. So I think that could actually be the connection that she's making. So Maybe that's what verse two is. It's just kind of like a like a peek into, you know, maybe I was a little lonely and this is what kind of helped me get through that moment. So this time. song is very progressive and I didn't even realize. <laughs> I think it's a good song. But you know, I say that about every song that we've covered so far, but it's because it's true. Mm, we choose to dissect good songs. That's true. We choose to dissect good songs. We choose these songs for a reason also. Because um, we believe they're good. Because we believe they're good. That's why I always say you should listen to it on your own and see what you think. I'll talk more about how I found this song at the end. But we still got verse 3. So after verse 2, there's the chorus, but the chorus we already broke down and it's short. So we're just going to jump right into verse 3. So she starts off by saying, I'm prettier than Sunday. On Mondays, I'll be tripping. The... Lyrics on the website believe she says I'm prettier than a Sunday. However, I think that she's just saying I'm pretty like a Sunday, as in like the ice cream treat, because you know the the Sunday ice cream is always presented in a very wow spectacular way of trying to sell it. Did not even think of that. I just thought of like how people love Sunday. You know, like how Sundays are seen as like that relaxation day, the day that you're looking forward to. And you know, sometimes a little bit Saturday too. But Sunday is that day where people don't have events on a Sunday. You know, you go home and you stay in and you sleep in and you know, you make an elaborate breakfast and it's kind of like attractive in that way of the day everyone wants. But that's a good that's a good I think yours is more accurate too because she does play on words a lot so so that's that's how I wanted to just start that verse off you could take it because there's only like one more part that I gotta say about it okay so one of my biggest parts was this whole chunk where she starts off talking about like my mama wants me to wash the dishes while she makes my brother lazy and distant 
And then she's just like, fuck it, I'm moving at 18. Fast forward 10 years later, it's the same routine. That, to me, like, hit. Because coming from, like, my background, you know, I come from a background of immigrant family, you know, where Latin American. So there's certain things and ideologies that are just common in the country that my parents are from. And part of that is, you know, the woman is the caretaker and the guy, he kind of just gets to do whatever. And there were moments growing up where sometimes I felt like, why am I expected to do certain things and my brother may not be, or things like that. So I definitely connected with this line just because of that whole idea of feeling like as a female, you're expected to do certain things and you're expected to represent a certain role and feeling that those decisions all they do is really hinder kind of your sibling because in a way I feel that both men and women should learn how to take care of a house you know how to cook how to clean how to do all these things because Regardless, once a guy lives alone, he's going to have to do all those things on his own as well. So I definitely understood what, understood that. And what got me was the fact that she said, fast forward 10 years later, and it's the same routine. It's basically saying that she knew there was something wrong that she didn't like, so she decided to leave the situation. However, just because she left it, she already kind of had those lessons ingrained in her head. So it's like a cycle that continued. You know, like, although she wanted to be away from it, she ended up in the same place, you know, years later when she grew up, when she grew up and stuff. And I feel that that is something that's so important to understand because sometimes part of breaking a cycle isn't just noticing that there is something wrong, but it's actively doing something to make sure you don't end up in the same place. And then the other thing I wanted to say on it is working off of that, she continues to say, and I'm complaining, catching bucks, mood change, like it's a new thing. So now she's not really upset about the routine that she's still in because now she's also making money. So, yeah, she's still in the same routine, but now that she's making money, it's like she's happier. But it also says I'm complaining. I mean, we're all complaining about something. That's true. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's just like left one situation to another situation. It just looks a little different. I don't know. That was just what I thought. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't have any more thoughts on this. No, yeah, but I I see what you mean too. Um, the last thing that I had was just like towards the end. She says like a lot of stuff, but one of the things that kind of catches my eye is like she says, "Um, I want everything on anything. Put clothes in the basket on a on a ham on a Hummer truck, and then my life is funny as fuck." And then she from there she kind of goes on. So, again, this idea that people and, like, artists have of, like, putting something simple and something expensive. You know, putting a basket. I'm, I'm thinking, like, a basket of laundry or something in a Hummer truck. 
which Hummers, although they're gas guzzlers, whatever, but Hummers are considered sometimes to be like a luxury car, like a luxury vehicle, in a sense. I don't know. Not for me. In the early 2000s, yeah. In the early 2000s, but also remember, like, the song is kind of from the viewpoint of someone younger, too, so it's kind of like holding on to one thing that when you were younger, this meant that you made it, and then it's like doing it once you're grown and feeling like you found your own version of validation. But, um, yeah, that part got me. And then also towards the end, she's like, just my luck, I'd end up famous and blunt. Um, rolling a blunt turned down while everybody's busy turning up. And it's just kind of an irony of even though I'm where I thought I wanted to be, I'm still not as happy as I thought I would be. Is what I'd set that as. I don't necessarily see it like that. I don't know. But to be turned down and everyone's turning up. I mean. Or maybe it could be like that's the lifestyle she chooses. Like she doesn't want to be out and about anymore. Like, But think about songs she about to, to smoke weed. They're turned down. They're relaxing. I guess. They could also be lit. <laughs> there it goes. The title of this episode. They can also be lit. Oh man, I always say something. <laughs> oh man, and then the chorus, and then from there, the song ends with the chorus repeated. Something that I do find interesting at the end of verse three, she says, "Hey, turn my music up." And then in the actual song itself, the music turns up, which I just found that really cool. Like, that was something that set the so- this song apart for me, too, because I was just like, who even does this? She did it. Also, another note, because now that we're at basically at the end of the, of the episode, another note that I really like this song. So this song, I found it on um, a radio for like a Jadena radio on Spotify. It was one of the songs that was suggested and it played while I was like at the gym and I was just like, holy, I was like, this song is something different. And it just stood out to me because it used, I feel so much imagery. And of course, you know how you fall into a spiral. So when I heard this song, I started kind of looking into who this band was, who are they? I was thinking when I first heard the song that it was two different people. And if you do go ahead and listen to the song Ants by Tank and the Bangas, you may think the same thing, but in all actuality, it's one female vocal the whole time in the song. So you won't think that anymore? You won't think that anymore. I'm sorry. I ruined the surprise. But it's just amazing. Like, when you hear the song, it's amazing to think because you listen to it and you're like, there's no way. There's no actual way. So it'll make you have to go find a video of them actually doing a song live, and you'll believe it. Just saying. You don't have to. You could also just believe me, because I did all that research already. But, yes. Also, did you want to say anything about the video? No. You don't? I do. Go ahead. The video was so much fun. It was like, um... I think what I liked about the video was the fact that it kind of fits 
the strangeness of the song itself kind of like that memories and looking back and all of those ideas so I feel that the video does a good job of fitting what the lyrics are actually saying I do think the video is just visually relaxing but yeah. that's all I gotta say on the video yeah but alright and that was episode four. Ooh, or they can be lit. <laughs> <laughs> they can be lit. <laughs> Wait, there's more of the song that I missed? There's the outro. Wow. JK. It's not the end of the episode. We still have an outro. <clears throat> it, the outro is just, I saw you throw a universe once. That wasn't the type of shit you see every day. Oh my gosh, that's... So that makes me... <laughs> so when I was talking about Disney, nowadays, I wasn't joking. So I've been watching Disney, on Disney Plus, I've been watching Recess, and there's an episode where um, one of the kids kicks a ball into the universe. <laughs> into, like, the stratosphere. And... The rest of his friends are just like, wow, you don't see that every day. <laughs> now I'm thinking of the song. Oh, man. But okay, now it's the end of episode four. So there we go. Um, so just thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making the video. Wow. Making the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Can't catch my words right. Monday's got me tripping. <laughs> and Tuesdays, too. <laughs> tripping Tuesdays. <laughs> Don't forget to send us your reactions or thoughts of the song to our email. Lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. That's L-Y-R-I-C-S. The number four, L-U-N-C-H. Lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. And or our Twitter, at Lyricsforlunch. Once again, that's L-Y-R-I-C-S, the number four, L-U-N-C-H. That's just a little fun to say. <laughs> Spell out them letters. All right, so hopefully we hear back. Make sure that you keep in tune. Remember, you can also suggest any songs that you may want us to cover. dissect or cover on the podcast. We'll gladly do that. So far, we've been kind of just taking turns picking a song. So we try to pick the song and not talk to each other about our ideas until we're actually on here talking on the podcast. So remember, you can drop in any of those songs, any of those opinions, thoughts, anything. So that's it for episode four. Signing out. <laughs>